Welcome to the Raj Kassette Show, number one podcast in Dubai, and we've gone a slightly different route on this episode because recently I was asked to speak at Startup Grind in the Dubai International Financial Center. They just opened up post-COVID. I was the first speaker, and I couldn't have had a better conversation because I had it with my dear friend, Sheikh Dr. Majid Al-Kasmi. The basis of the conversation is personal branding, how I've used it in the past, how it's helped me find incredible amounts of opportunities, including pivoting across different industries over 20 years, and how it acts as a form of resilience during down markets, not just over 2020 and 2021, but before that too. It's an incredible conversation. Magic drops some incredible gems, and I do too. So if you're into personal branding, you're going to really enjoy it. So much good stuff in here, and I would love to hear your feedback as well. I'm going to throw my email out there one more time, raj at creativecontentagency.com. If you're building your personal brand, drop me a message. But for now, enjoy the show. So we're talking brand, thinking like a brand, and you're the guru here. Um, I only try to practice, but um, I was actually thinking to myself when you shared with me the subject matter, um, I don't think if we've ever properly spoken directly about, you know, how do you take thinking like a brand out into the world? Mm. It's a good question. So is who's, who, it's probably most people's first time being at one of my talks or like hearing of me. So the background is I'm, this is super weird by the way, right? It's a bit loud. It's a bit loud. Um, the background is that for those of you who don't know, I'm a shopkeeper's son born in 1980, spent a lot of time serving different customers, went to university in 1998, realized that I wouldn't have enough money coming from a working class background to pay for all of the drinks and parties that I would ultimately end up consuming for the following five years. So I ended up promoting, promoting parties, eventually became a DJ. And that was my first hardcore introduction to the brand world because as you know, the brand behind the party is what drives footfall there. And there was a pivotal point during that time. It was the first week of university in 1998. I went out onto the corner and the guy said, you know, this is how much the tickets are. And I realized if I spend all of my money on education and music, like party tickets, I'm going to be broke. Yeah. So he said, I said to him, how can I come to your parties for free in the future? And he said, well, sell me some tickets. What he didn't know is that there was a thousand kids living in my building. So I took the elevator to the top floor and then I came down the fire escapes and I knocked on every single door and I said, this party is going down. I sold enough tickets to justify mine being for free. And what happened was the transition from the top floor to the bottom floor was me turning into a brand nice. because I went from a freshman yeah. to the ticket guy. Yeah, yeah. And no matter what happens, you inevitably become a brand if you associate yourself with something yeah. over the long term, right? And you become reliable. So the way I would explain it is if somebody wrote the, the perfect 15 to 20 word sentence to describe you yeah, and you took out four or five of the most important words and other people could fill in the blanks, you have a brand. Yeah. The idea is you're, you're walking around and everybody identifies with you with that, yeah, right? And they, know, and they know they will always come back and find that. Yeah. And that's you as a person. I mean, it's what, what companies are doing all the time. And you, you, you turn out and you see a swoosh, you know, exactly what you're getting. You know, you see Google, you know, exactly what you're getting. But when a person goes out, 
have you managed to communicate exactly that? Mm. And you made a great point when we were talking before in the coffee shop, which is that a lot of startups rely a lot on the founders yeah. to be the primary storytellers and the founders rely a lot on the problem it is that they're trying to solve to be the reason why yeah. consumers should mess with that company. So uh, work with that company. So who, who's in the startup space here? Yeah, who's got a startup? So a good, that's a good clean 50%, it almost looks yeah. like exactly. Okay, so we're going to get into some Q&A. We're not going to be like patting each other's beavers for too long, <laughs> right? Like we're going we're gonna to move on. But yeah, that, that's essentially what it is. And, and as you know, the, a, brand is, a brand is what people feel in the absence of you telling them yeah. what, just what they know about you. I would say that one thing, though, that has now changed with my brand mm -hmm. over, over the 23 years I've been building it is that my brand is known for different things. Yeah. So there are some people that out and out haven't seen me for 10 years and only think about me as a DJ. Yeah. That throws crazy parties where everyone like gets smashed and sometimes, you know, celebrities show up or whatever. Other people only think about me as a, as a brand and a strategy consultant. Yeah. Other people think about me as the guy from my friends, your friends yeah. who kind of like builds communities. Other people think about me as the guy who did Gary V's yeah, yeah. book launches and things of that nature. So it, they, they start to compound over time. But the reason why I did, the reason why I agreed to today, and I was talking to the team about this. The reason why today's timing and coming to speak about this specifically is I've been head down, obviously, because of COVID and things mm -hmm. of that nature. And the business goes up and down as a result of that. But the, one of the benefits of a brand is you can then also transition what industries you're in. Yeah. And you take your brand equity with you. So right now, I've been the street promoter. Yep. I've been like the hustler hanging around with all the, the street guys and the bouncers and the yep. dealers and all that kind of stuff been the guy who then became a DJ, became the events guy, became the Gary V, Russell Peters, Wu-Tang Clan associated guy, and then the consultant. Right now, I'm at a transitionary stage where I'm actually going into education and learning yeah. and development. And I need every single person who knows, likes, and trusts me worldwide to be like, if he could do A, B, and C, and D, he, he should be good for E. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And education is a $7 trillion industry. So you don't need a big portion of it to lead a happy life. So my question then on the back of that is, what is the red thread that goes through A, B, C, and D? What, what is it that you, Raj, are known for? Aside for, you know, the t you, you have different phases, right? You were the ticket guy, you were the DJ, you know, you're the strategy guy. But in there, there is a thread, right? There's something that everybody knows Raj is good for as a brand, as a person? It's, it's, that's the best question ever. What's the common thread across all of them? I mean, I've got my answer for that for you, but no, I'm I think, curious what, what self-awareness-wise you're thinking. I think when people see me, they know that I'm just a hustling-ass mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I will, I will, I mean, let's, I'm, I'm going to keep it really, really real with people. Like, I live an incredible life, yet and still, these tripods came here today in my car. Yeah, yeah. And these cameras came here today in my car. And I charged them. Yeah. And the team helped with, you know, the memory and all that kind of other stuff like that. But, like, I really, really grind. Yeah. And I, I, I outwork everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, present company accepted, of course. I, I know there's certain people that, that go hardcore. But, like, I think what people realize is that if they're going to do a deal with you, 
they're taking a bet on the promise you're giving them right now, yeah. what they expect in the future, and they're taking a bet on what happens in between. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a real example, and I don't want it to be a rant, right? So if anybody wants to hire me a therapist, you can do. But like, I still go to venues, two in the last five, six weeks, and I've been like, I'd like to hire your venue. I kid you, I, who did I go with? I think I went with Vic or somebody. Recently, I went on a f- Monday night to a venue, mm. premium venue, five-star venue in the city. It was empty. Like there was more dust in there than people. Mm. And it's a luxury five-star venue. I spoke to the F&B manager and I said, I'll take this place on a Wednesday, a Monday, yeah. as it is right now. I will fill it at no cost. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to need some evidence. Like, there's still people that don't believe me. And so I can't switch off the hard work. I can't rest on my laurels. I've got half a dozen videos on the internet that if I show them to people, they're like, okay, I kind of get it. I can see that he's done it before. But it really is. The reason why people take a a risk on you is they're like, I believe this guy. And I believe from what he's telling me to when he's going to do it, he's going to like bleed to get it done. Mm. I think that's probably what it is. There's, there's that. And for me, is since I've known you when we were first introduced, it was super low key. Like you're so down to earth, but it's real talk. Like you're always straight to the point. And then just the wisdom starts like coming out. So I know when I'm, when I'm calling you, I know exactly where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly the conversation. That's why we're here right now. You're yeah, like, yeah. I want Majid. Like I know what conversation we're going to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that vibe. And that's for me, the kind of the brand you are, mm. right? And when I send people your way, I'm like, just talk to Raj. Like, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. get it when, you, when we speak to him. And by the way, another thing about the being like self-aware is that not everyone's okay with that. Yeah, it comes off as um, arrogance. It's, like, it's, like you know who you are, and so you talk very plainly and straightforward. No, but it's, it's kind of heartless. Like when we hang out at your house or, or anywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's family time, yeah, yeah. right? But when we speak on the phone, and I've got people here that is exactly the same, you okay? Wife, kids, good? Everything good? Yeah. All right, good. Let's, where's the money? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, that's awkward for some people to spend four and a half minutes on like health. If we get to four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you spend like four and a half seconds on the basics. But again, that's just knowing yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and then you have to kind of self-confess. And, and I say to people like, I really am a one-trick pony. Yeah. Like my cousin who I've worked with like since birth, we share this, we share we have an overlapping DNA of like 25%. We mm-hmm. have the same grandparents, his mom and my dad are brother and sister. Yeah. But on a, if you were to put it all out on a pie chart and say, how much time do you spend talking about family and how much time do you spend talking about work? Yeah. It's basically always about work. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't true. mean that that's right for everybody and it shouldn't be right for everybody. But it's almost weird because you have your micro brand, which is what you're known for with the people that are closest to yeah. you. And then you've got your macro brand, which is someone's just flicking through YouTube. They see one of your videos and they go, okay, yeah, I know what this kid's about. So, so on that, for everybody that's here, that's either trying to figure out what they're doing with their own branding for the company, for themselves as a brand, what would you say were, were, would be the foundation or the building blocks to getting there, right? Most people, when you start a company, it's like, we need a really cool logo. Mm. I was like, guys, you can put the turd emoji and you could do really well if what you're selling is what everybody needs. Like mm. It has nothing to do with that, right? If, if you'd have showed the Google logo to everybody back then and said, like, no, no, this is going to be the company, the tech company, people are like, mm. Google, what does that even mean? Mm. And today it's synonymous with technology. So how do, 
everybody here that is not already an established brand get on to building that? What do you think are the essential elements? So it's, it's obviously contextual depending on what space you're in, if your products, if your service or whatever the case may be. But here's what I would say. And I'll give you a, a real example of when I started building my business. Like I think we registered it in 2006, so about mm -hmm. 15, 16 years ago. When we started transitioning from an entertainment and celebrity company to a B2B and corporate company, and for those of you who don't know, I run a small media company called The Creative Content Agency, and we have media properties that we run, like podcasts for celebrities. We have our own events portfolio. We started that at a time in the social media world where people didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So YouTube just got purchased yep. by Google. Everyone thought that Google was crazy for spending so much money on YouTube. Facebook was building momentum and Facebook was the, the real first social network, which yeah. kind of got the masses. So what I realized is that people needed help. Brands needed help. Yeah. So when we first launched our Twitter and things of that nature, the name of the company on Twitter was called Helpful CCA because the company's called Creative Content Agency, but that is kind of long to write on social platforms. Yeah. So I focused on just being helpful. Yeah, nice. You've got to decide on behalf of your brand where you want people to focus. And there's a great saying that I learned because for those of you who've seen my bio, I was involved in a company in Los Angeles that sold to the Guardian Media Group. And when I sat in the Guardian Media Group, I was pitching somebody and a much senior guy stopped me after my, well, after my phone call said, can I give you some feedback? I said, yeah, sure. I'm 27 years old, mouthy, full of my own shit. You know what I mean? And um, he goes, you offer too much when you sell. He goes, if I had a beach ball and I threw a beach ball at you, would you be able to catch it? And I said, yeah. And he goes, if I had two beach balls and I threw two at you, how many would you catch? And I said, probably neither. So when you start off by building your brand, start off with one brick at a time. Yeah. I want my brand to be known for being helpful, smarter, faster, quicker, cheaper. Only when you feel like you've saturated that message and everyone gets it, do you then move on to the next complimentary one? But the biggest mistake I've seen people do, especially with their personal brands, and that's what we're talking about today, and you get this a lot in the media industry and in, in the hip-hop world and stuff like that. You go, what do you do? And they go, yo, bro, I do everything. I do editing, I do this, I do podcasts, I do copywriting, I do this. And I'm like, yeah. how many hours do you have? In, do you have more hours in your yeah. day or... Or how, what's your depth level like when it comes to skill? You just touch everything and rather than... Because yeah. ultimately you're trying to communicate to people, I'm known for this, mm. the people I work with like me, yeah. and I'm trusted to deliver, no like and trust. Yeah. And it's hard to do that when you then dilute that across five or six different industries or five or six different verticals. Yeah. And I'm also my own, I'm a victim of this. I'm, sure. I'm not the person who does this perfectly because like I said, people know me for different things and that always doesn't work in my favor if you take the thousands of people that know me and they only knew me as the content guy, I would make exponentially more money. But my downside, my self-sabotage as a creative is when things happen and I get curious about them, sure, you... I go and try them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those 15 or 600 hours that I put into that, I could put into my core business and grow the core business. But I'm like, no, learning. I'm going to spend the next 60 hours learning about NFTs. Sure. And that's where I'm going to be wasting my yeah. time. Not that it's a waste of time, but you get my point. No, and, and in my own journey at the moment, I've got five different companies and Raj knows I'm either in my coffee trading business or in my podcast production network or in my consultancy doing food security and sustainability. And now as my own personal brand, people are like, okay, so what is it that you do 
And I've only recently been able to tie this sort of thread through everything that I do, which is storytelling. So I'm actually a storyteller. That's why all of these businesses fit with me. My coffee business actually works on bringing, you know, green beans from Yemen and giving the farmers there the visibility on what they're doing at the coffee drinker's cup. When I'm doing food security and sustainability, I'm trying to make that accessible to the Middle East and North Africa. So I'm telling the story of sustainability and the same again, podcasting. I mean, in the Arabic language, we're storytellers. And it's, it's, it's so in, not only enlightening, but empowering when you understand your own brand. And that thread then becomes all the more powerful because you lean into it and then you push that forward. Not for me and my own experiences recently, which is why I was excited about this because I've had that epiphany. Mm, mm. And there's, so from a personal, personal brand, that's great. But how does a business communicate that? How do they find uh, between two, three co-founders, a value proposition, right? A business model, but what's the brand? So let me give you a really good way of thinking about this, right? Just raise your hand if you've seen the film Gladiator or you're aware of like the, the key scenes. Okay, so here's what happens in Gladiator. The Gladiator goes into the Colosseum and fights like a lion or a tiger or something. And then if the Gladiator like kills this beast, that doesn't mean that the gladiators won. The gladiator then looks around and the people go like this. Yeah. Right? They go live or die. Okay? So this is live, this is die. And then all of that information goes to Caesar, the emperor, and the emperor makes the final decision, live or die. So this is die, this is live. What's this on the internet? It's likes. It's likes, right? Yeah. It's actually a three-way conversation when you come up with what your brand is because your brand ultimately is distilled and a conclusion that's made in collaboration with the people that you need to believe it. Mm -hmm. And when I say it's a three-way conversation, I don't mean you, your co-founder and the market. I mean, all of the pros, all of the cons, whoever argues on behalf of both sides, yeah. you, the board, your staff, whatever, and then the market and the market's voice has an equal weighting as the pro and the cons. Yeah. So you can say, I want my brand to be this, but you also have to wait for that feedback loop to come back in from the market to be like, oh, this is what they do. So let's look at Finial Media, right? Your yeah, yeah. company. You started off exploring different avenues of podcasting yeah. and you and your co-founder were making cool shows. Yeah, with English two, shows. English yeah. shows, two yeah. young guys, right? Then you launch your Arabic shows. You get a major sponsor. And it goes way beyond what you thought. Because I remember when you launched it, you yeah. were like, it was called A Thousand... A Thousand and One Nights. We, we did essentially the classic tale, but we redid it in a more contemporary feel. But what was crazy was the client who sponsored, they were like, yeah, cool. How many sort of impressions can you guarantee? We were like, give us 30,000 in three months. And then we hit that in a week. And it's like, cool, we're on to something. And that's the listeners all doing this for us. Yeah, and so... Then it was at that point that your brand crossed the threshold. Yeah. So when someone says to me, prior to you having that major hit, mm -hmm. who should I talk to about podcasts? You're one of many. Yeah. But when someone says to me, who do I talk to about Arabic first stories? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you have to talk to Majid. Yeah. And everyone has those moments. And honestly, you should be using as much of your career, especially if you're young, like yeah. if you're below 50, mm -hmm. below 50, 45, yeah. You should be going all out for those hits. 
Yep. So like for me, if you look at my timeline, there's a couple of points in my timeline, which are the things that people remember. So working with Gary Vee, yep. launching two of his books, working with the Wu-Tang Clan, doing mm -hmm. a mixtape with them. Um, my friends, your friends, yep. a bunch of different things. Yeah. Right. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> you need to try and get those hits. Yeah. Like if you don't get top tens or number ones, I'm using a music analogy, yeah, yeah. then you can't be known for them. You need like a catalog. Yeah. And, and it's, and when those things compound, then each one of those things will have things that the market remember about them. And that's like your sub brand, but collectively you're known for whatever it is that drew them all yeah. together. And I realized this recently, we just launched another brand called taste buds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what taste buds is, is obviously for those of you who don't know my friends, your friends, we started it in 2017 with 12 people in a bar. It doesn't matter whether you're part of the Royal family or whether you rescue animals for a living. We don't care about your background, how much money you make, what your passion is. If you're a good person, come along to this bar, bring your friends, everybody will get the first drink for free. And we just hang out. The vibe is not about dating. It's not about biz dev. Yeah. It's like if I had a house party, I'm like, yo, Majid, you should talk to this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's the thing that we created. I realized that between that and taste buds, which is the post Corona version of it, which is we can't meet 500 people at a time at the Burj yeah. Khalifa like we normally do. We can only meet 24, 35 people yeah, at yeah. a time in a small restaurant. I'm actually in the business of friendship slash connections. Yeah, yeah. I get no bigger high than connecting people and being like, yo, you guys should talk. And I've got to a level right now where I'm like, by the way, if you don't get along or if something goes wrong, that's not my fault. I, I don't know what, who believes in God and who doesn't, but there is this saying about like, when you get to the gates of heaven or whatever the equivalent is in your religion, I think you'll be judged based on how many horses you took to water, not how many drank. Yeah. You feel me? So I'm more about like, how much good have I attempted to do and put a significant amount of effort into mm -hmm. rather than what good came from it? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a game of intent. So yours is, okay, I'm in the business of storytelling because when you peel back all of the layers of your business, whether it be coffee or industry or media, at the end of the day, you believe that they're going to be driven forward by stories. Absolutely. Right? Other things can be culture, connection, friendship, sustainability, environment, gender equality. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. but that ultimately becomes this common thread. There's, there's this, for me, the thing is, what everybody here needs to be thinking about is that's part of the process is learning that it isn't always a very um, objective driven exercise to be like, this is going to be my brand. Sometimes it's in the process that you find and discover, Oh, you know what? Actually I'm associated with this all the time. And I do it. And what some people in the industry call your latent genius. It's just this thing you do. You think it's conventional, but actually it's a superpower that you have as a person and that connectivity, like half the time, and I've become also known for that in, in my businesses. It's like, oh, I need to talk to that person. I need to talk to that person. And when I get prompted, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And they're like, oh, you know them? I'm like, if, if I don't know them, I know somebody that does. And then like, I get the, the connection made. There are some people that are just really good with numbers. They assume it's like a no brainer, like everybody can do it, but actually not everybody can do it. And it's only in the process of trying it in multiple businesses or jobs or your own, your own journey through life that you start seeing those patterns and that that's the self-awareness where you're like, okay, let's take that on as brand, as a person. 
right? And for me, the one thing that's always struck me when that happens, and I think this also mirrors in a business, is that all stems from authenticity. If you are authentic with yourself, authentic with your public as a brand, and then also as a company, so co-founders be authentic about why the company exists, what they're doing, and why they want to solve. When you get a bit more vulnerable about the drivers of what made the company happen, not the top headlines like "I wanted to solve, you know, yeah, yeah. world hunger," but to say no, I like, I've been to these countries, I've seen these people front and center, or I met somebody who couldn't have a meal for one day, and it just struck me as so wrong. But to share that, that authenticity will build brand because it's what people understand. It's emotional, right? That storytelling, what I drive, comes from emotion because that's what you're trying to connect on. So brand for me is like trust, but that's based on being authentic because people can sniff out inauthenticity. Wow, that's a word. Hmm. Inauthenticity, like off the bat in social media or face-to-face. Somebody start talking and they'll just, their eyes will glaze over and they'll be like, yeah, no, I'm not getting that. Hmm. Like, I don't feel that. So if anything, for anybody in the crowd, if you're trying to build a brand, reach down to be as authentic as possible because the day you are not, or the day you're off brand, people will catch you. And they'll be like, yeah, I thought he was like this, or I thought she used to say that. Mm. Things have changed. And that's not to say you can't change, but when you're off color, right, that's when things start to fall apart in terms mm. of a branding. And, and I think that's important to, to recognize is that it costs money to spread a good message about yourself. But if you fake it yeah. and someone figures that out, that message will spread for free. Yeah, Like that message will spread across your ecosystem for free. You can spend thousands on PR, marketing, whatever you want to be like, we're known for this. We're good for Mm -hmm. this. We can solve this. But the moment that you are seen in a restaurant being an asshole to a waiter, and then the person who sees you is the sister-in-law of somebody who's about to sign a deal with you, it all falls apart. And the worst thing is you might not even know why. And so before we kind of head into like Q&A and stuff, you have to understand that it's a long game to build a yeah. brand. There's no way it can be built without, without patience and that, and that dance with the market. And also there's, there's hard work and there's investment. Yeah. If you took all of the money I spend on a yearly basis on staff, cameras, unnecessary stuff like hardware that we never end up using in our business, mm-hmm. that's an extra one to two bedrooms in my apartment. Like I could, ha- I could live in that much of a better place. I could drive that much of a better car. I don't care about those things personally. I care more about spending the money on the business. But you have to be prepared to invest in yourself and in your brand. And if you don't, you're not going to reap the benefits of it. And so I didn't know really what cameras were going to be here, what microphones were going to be here. I decided to bring it all by myself. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I need to know that when I leave here today, that we can take this content, we can take the audio out, yep. put it on the Rajkatecha show on my podcast, take the video, put the long form out on YouTube, put the micros out on Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Like I have to be ultimately responsible because if I walk away from this event, I get to interact with 25 to 30 beautiful people. But, and that's great because I know that if I deliver value here today, my name will come up at dinner parties and coffee shops, and I'm grateful for yeah. that. But how do you build that legacy? How do you go 
really, really long term. And I'll end by saying this as well. You can't think about your brand, your personal brand, unless you think about what boundary surrounds it. Yeah. Right? So some people get overwhelmed with the amount of DMs, the amount of WhatsApps, especially like if you've got the ironic good fortune of being good looking, you have so much traffic coming towards you. This is not my life, by the way. But like you have so much traffic coming towards you that you have to filter people's intentions. But on my side, I make myself so accessible. Yeah, uh, my phone number is not a difficult phone number to get. Yeah. My Instagram is unlocked. Like you can contact me a million different yeah. ways, but you have to decide what your boundaries are yeah. and then kind of set them and make sure that you protect them and look after them. My boundaries are very low. Yeah. I have no issue in somebody coming up to me at Dubai Mall, asking for a picture, saying, yo, let's me up. And that's cool with me. But other people don't. Yeah. And so you, if you feel like you need that space and you need that distance and mental health is a real thing, so you might need it for that reason, sure. you've just got to make sure that the communication about that is clear. built into the brand, yeah, yeah, yeah. is baked in, which is, I am this accessible. I'm not this accessible. I am interested in these things. I'm not interested in these things. And you've just got to keep repeating it like a mantra. Let people's perception fall where they may, the good bucket, the less keen bucket. Yeah. And then that's the ultimate conclusion and that's your brand. No, I love that because I'm also going through a transition in that where what I used to do up until this year, I invested, I say invested, what, I, what I'm known for is giving my time very freely. I used to meet up for coffee, sit down, chat. And then there's this sort of big brother dynamic where I'm talking to people and I'm helping them out. A lot of my friends still come to me from school days who are like, hey man, can I have a sit down? I wanted to check in with you and and it just became this thing that I did with no intention of recovering anything in return, right? There are other people like, cool, man, my hour costs this much. But today I'm known for, hey, look, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to Majid. And I have so many people come to me from all sorts of industries where, man, I don't have to go look for opportunity. It's coming through the door mm. um, and I get to choose. But now where I'm trying to deep dive and drive certain businesses that time is suddenly now has to be set back. So you can reach out to me, but getting one-on-one -on -one time, I now have to manage. Mm. And it's communicating that. And I've spent a lot of time being like, cool, this is my office manager. You sort out a slot with her. And if you've got it, that's great. I'll be there. You'll have 100% of my time. But if it doesn't go through her, we'll figure out when that can happen later. And, mm. and people are like, oh my God, suddenly so self-important. And like you, if you want to be in the less keen bucket, cool. Yeah. But I have stuff to do that I'm trying to grow. And this is now the new dynamic. The brand has changed mm. slightly and evolved. And, and this is where we're at. Yeah, but, here's uh, a super hack for everybody in the room and everybody on the internet. If you want to get through to me, there's a voice note feature on Instagram, DM, at Raj Katecha. It's capped at one minute, which I love because WhatsApp can go on for hours. Mm -hmm. You send me that one minute voice note and be like, dude, I need your help with this. I'll voice note you back and it's on and popping. But speaking about your time, because I know you've got a hard stop yeah. just before one, maybe now's a good time to hit the Q&A. Okay, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with myself and Sheikh Dr. Majid Al-Kasmi. It was honestly one of my favorite conversations. We speak so much, me and this guy, and I'm so glad that we got to share it with the world. Now, as you heard at the end of the episode, we were going into Q&A with the audience that was there in the IFC, but unfortunately, because of audio issues, we were not able to share that. We're going to figure that out, and we'll probably release just the answers to those questions on a separate episode. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple would be incredible. Apple also lets you leave us a review. YouTube 
crew hit the comments like subscribe make sure you give us the thumbs up and all that good stuff because it really helps us get discovered by the algorithms and there are more episodes coming up so whichever way you can support us just let us know if you've got any questions that stem off the back of this episode email me raj at creativecontentagency.com or send me a one minute voice note at raj on instagram peace